was wondering, are you a mom who feels guilty about self-care? And if you are, you're not the only one. Today, we're gonna talk about how to practice self-care without feeling guilty using three tools. With me today is Dr. Rosina Lakani. Hi, Dr. Rosina. Hi. She's an MD psychiatrist, a, a clinical professor at the University of Washington, and the author of the best-selling book, Stress to Joy. And a mother. And a mother. How could I forget that? <laughs> <laughs> the biggest job of all. Yeah. So today we're gonna talk about powerful tools to practice self-care and as a mother. So she's gonna offer that for us. And I know you're listening to Healthy Mind with Dr. Rosina. This is episode nine. And a lot of parents I think will be able to relate to what we're gonna talk about today. But I do want to acknowledge that this, this session, this show is dedicated to all the mothers out there. So Dr. Rosina, if I just wanted to talk to you about what is self-care and why is that like a spa day? What does that look like and why are we missing it? What is the self-care for you? And I'll well, ask the audience too to put in the comments, what is self-care for you? Yeah, yeah. So self-care for me, I, I love going for walks, but I dropped spa day because that's my guilty indulgence. So spa day is something that you can do maybe once a week or once a month or, you know, many times you can't do it for more than once a year. It's expensive. It takes time. What about other days? How do you take care of yourself on other days? Gosh, you know, on other days, I, I feel like I kind of put myself a little last and I'm, I'm running errands all the time and trying to get everything done, checking off my to-do list. Yeah, and that's the point I want to raise, but because when the people think self-care, they think about these big things, well, big things or small things, but relatively bigger things that they can't do every day. But for me, it's, it's different. And let me share my story to bring out that point. So I'm talking about when I, um, I was a young mother and I had a six month old baby and he was, he was breastfeeding. He was, uh, my baby had milk allergy. So he was exclusively breastfeeding. And uh, so I remember those days, that's a story for some other time where I used to pump uh, at work and at the hospital. I was used to work at the hospital and there was no private rooms that I could actually sit down and, <laughs> and pump in privacy. So I used to do it in the nurse, nurse manager's room. So many times, you know, she has to come and get the keys for the medication cabinet and stuff. And so it was just kind of funny. But anyways, so one of those days I came home and I usually have my to-do list on my phone. And so I was kind of checking what are some of the things I'm doing. I'm breastfeeding the baby. Okay. So here breastfeeding, I'm checking, you know, what some of the things I had to do. And so I saw, oh my God, today was the last day to pay this bill and I'm supposed to do it. And I'm breastfeeding and it's about 4.30. And usually, you know, 10, 15 minutes, my baby's okay. And so I'm like waiting, come on, finish it, finish it. And he's, he's like, he's just clingy and he doesn't want to let me go. And I was like, come on, you know, I, I'm going to be late and, and, and then I'm going to be uh, charged late fees. I have to make this payment before five o'clock and that, that all my mind is going that way. And he's not letting me go. Right, right. And at that moment, I had this uh, epiphany and a, a mindful moment. And suddenly 
I was able to see this beautiful baby that I was not seeing before. I saw his little hands and he was cuddling me and he was he was beautiful innocent baby was holding me and i was letting go go of that joy of my life because i was worried about that late fees <laughs> and i was like letting go of that beautiful feeling that i don't even have words to describe so that right. is self-care being kind to yourself being in the moment and enjoying whatever is happening that is self-care and we did one program on mindfulness and we can share the link with the audience in the comments later but being mindful being enjoying whatever is happening in your life for me tub bath taking a tub bath is a luxury like you know it's, it's a beautiful thing i enjoy it taking a walk like you said then you like the hiking or journaling my journaling is my self-care because when I write down, it helps me calm down. It helps me change my mood to neg from negative to positive, whatever it is. But there are other journaling techniques that I'll share. But all those things are part of self-care. So self-care is not some big activity that you do, but something that you do. It's an attitude of kindness towards yourself and an awareness of self. Right. I appreciate that. We can't always just take a moment to go do a big thing but doing those small things for ourselves is huge. Um, so then why do mothers feel guilty about self-care? What causes that? You know, mothers, motherhood by itself is kind of a very caring concept, okay? So the mothers are caring by nature. So we like to take care of others. We like to take care of our kids. We like to take care of our family. So that's our value system, and which is beautiful, which is great, and we don't have to leave it. But what happens is when we are doing that, sacrificing ourselves constantly, and we become this, Lisa Nichols call it, sacrificial martyr, <laughs> then what happens is that we uh, burn out. And when we burn out, what happens? We become more irritable. We become more snappy. We are not just the best we could be. And then what happens? We are the role models for our kids. So they also adopt those kind of behavior and their emotional growth gets affected. So it is absolutely necessary for mothers to take care of themselves so they could also take care of others. But at the same time, they feel guilty because they feel like they're taking away from the kids time or from their elderly parents time if they're doing self-care. But what, what actually they're doing is they are creating a balance so that they could provide better care for their kids and for their families. How does a lack of self-care further impact everybody? So or just answered that question in terms of, you know, how it not only impacts your own health and your own mental health, but it also affects your family's mental health and family's physical health too, because if you are stressed, you're going to get sick. And when right. you're sick, then you won't be available to take care of people. One time I was traveling somewhere and you know how you start having communication with somebody who's sitting next to you. So I was sitting with this lady and we were talking and you know she was telling me 
how she is kind of struggling between taking care of her elderly parents or trying to sell their house and taking care of her kids. And sometimes she's just kind of running in between. And so I said, what do you do to take care of yourself? And she thought about it and she said, you know, I don't have time to take care of myself. I said, before you started having all these demands in your life, what did you like to do? And she said, I love to write. And I said, why don't you write again? And she said, who has time? I said, you are going somewhere. And if your if your car shows that you have very little gas and it's towards the end signal, are you not going to stop by to fill the gas? Or you're going to say, oh, if I stop by for the gas, then I'm going to be late. And so then you don't stop and you just, and some people do that. <laughs> some people, they just keep on going and see how far they can go. And then sometimes they get stranded. So self-care is like filling that fuel, doing that maintenance for your uh, car or your equipment so that you don't burn out. Some people worry that if they do, what if they overdo it? And there are some people, they start kind of, oh, okay, I am the only person. I have to come first, so I'm not going to take care of others. And that kind of extremism in any direction is not good. So even extreme of this one direction is not good. So we have to create this balance where we are not just taking care of absolutely everybody else, but not ourselves, or taking care of ourselves only and not taking care of uh, anybody else. So creating this balance allows us to be the best we could be and give the best we could. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point about balance between self-care and other care. Can you tell me more about how we can do that? Well, like one thing I just mentioned about being mindful, whatever you are doing, you do it mindfully. The other thing you can do is do it with the family. So the other day I was uh, walking with the family and we passed a little stream. And so he said, okay, let's sit down. So everybody sat down and I just took, I just became totally mindful of that water flowing. And there was this big rock and the water was kind of just hitting and passing. And just, I, I sat there for that one minute and I took a little video and it, you know, afterwards I saw the video was only 59 seconds. So it didn't even take a whole minute, but I felt totally grounded. So that was a self-care for me. So you can do it with the family and still be able to take care of yourself. You know, simple things like the other day I woke up early and it was still dark, but I could hear those birds chirping. So I took a minute to just savor that beautiful moment. And that was my self-care. So even busy moms who are doing different things can find these pockets of time where if they are aware, they'd be able to enjoy and make the best out of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hearing that practicing self-awareness. And then what are other tools or that we could further explore or ECA? Can you tell me, I've heard of something called ECA deposits. Can you tell me about that? Sure. So do you have a bank account? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So everybody, and you know, you have deposits and you have withdrawals from the bank account. Okay. Mm -hmm. What happens if you put uh, you don't put enough deposit and you keep on doing withdrawals. It's not a good thing. <laughs> Your checks are going to start bouncing, right? And so to be able to keep it balanced, you try to do at least as much deposit as you're doing withdrawal. And you try to do it regularly, more deposit. So keep a healthy balance in your bank account. OK, 
Okay, take that same analogy, and everybody has uh, their inner emotional coping account. You can call it resilience account, or you can call it emotional coping account. And what it does is it allows you to deal with any stressors that come in your life. So all the stressors are like withdrawal. And these could be simple stressors like being stuck in the traffic or nowadays like, you know, coronavirus and being stuck at home <laughs> or trying to teach your kids when the schools are off and, you know, you have your own job to take care of and then you have the kids to teach and then you have to take care of the household and everybody's stress level is going up. So you are also the moderator of everybody's stress. And so there's, these are all stressors. Now, you want to balance it out with the deposits. And what are the deposits? The deposits is the other name for self-care. So tell me, what are some of the deposits you can put daily on in your emotional coping account? Gosh, that's a, that's a good question. I, For self-care, I would say taking the time out. And I what really resonated with me is taking that one minute, 59 seconds that you talked about and just hearing you know, the the sound of the water and trees and just taking that nature moment, I guess. Yeah. Be here. Yeah. See, we are aware. And still, when I asked you, it, it was harder for you to think through. So yeah. my first yeah. suggestion for everybody is that make a list. So, you know, how we make checkbook list, list of all the checks and deposits, make an emotional coping account balance sheet. In one column, write down all the withdrawals and the other column, write down all the deposits and check the balance. So let's make a list with everybody. If all the audiences, if they can start putting some of the things that they find, you find that are stressors for you or deposits for you, please enter it in the comments so we can make this sheet together. So Kelly, while people are entering, why don't you tell me what are your deposits? You said mindful moments. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So for me, it's my tub bath. Oh, I love, yeah. For me, it is my journal, going for a walk, reading a book. I have a dog, oh, so yeah. my dog. Oh my God. Yeah. the past, a wonderful deposit that you can do. Funny, I'm, funny um, videos. I like yeah. watching funny videos. I'm seeing Amanda over here. She's saying hers is coloring, which is so funny. Amanda, I do those adult coloring books all the time. So I'm so glad you said that because that's, that's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, the coloring is beautiful thing that you can do. So all these things, everybody is different. You know, for some people, it could be, like you said, walking the dog. For some people, it could be doing a painting, it says listening to this show. <laughs> Thank you, Jala. And so what I suggest to my patients and what I suggest to you today, my audience is make a list of your deposits and keep it in a visible place. I, in my to-do list, there is a section called deposits. And so I look at and I say, okay, what am I going to do? Oh, I just see that reading, reading mystery books to my daughter is a deposit to me. And so sometimes we list, we read 
these magical storybooks <laughs> and, yeah. and and that is that is fun for me so find your own deposits make a list keep it in your to-do list section so every day you can see what can you put deposit today and that will become your self-care activity and then you can also put you know the withdrawals and make sure that your your balance is more positive than negative okay so that's one activity you can do and if you do this activity you will see that when you are feeling down you'll be able to do more deposits because when you're feeling a little stressed or depressed you can't think about all these things but if you have made the list ahead of time then you can look at it and you would be able to apply some of the things and bring your emotional coping account from negative to positive so we talked about number one being emotional coping account and what about the second one, which is priorities for the day? All right. So like I was saying that I do a to-do list. So like most people, my to-do list is pretty big to-do list. And so what used to happen was whenever I would make my to-do list, it would be this big list of, you know, many times what work I had to do, what, and so mostly the work thing would go. And then the second, I would see a lot of things that I want to do for my family. Either it's making an appointment for my kid or taking somewhere or planning something. So that use, and then somewhere in there, I was also putting something that I wanted to do for myself. But many times that was getting lost. So then I found this technique where I started doing priorities of the day. So then I made the circle. My first circle was self. And it could be as simple as that I'm going to do a walking today or I'm going to drink my four bottles of water today. It was just a reminder for what I wanted to do. But just putting the self like this on top allowed me to bring it to awareness. And then, you know, I, I, you can put the with the family that I'm going to make this appointment or, or spend time with my family. And then you can kind of do the work in terms of, okay, I had to do this, this talk. So I had to do the pre preparation and other things business related that I needed to do. Then I started doing it regularly for my diary. So like, you know, every morning when I do my journaling, I started doing my priorities of the day. And it has made a huge difference because now some of these simple things that I take that I do for my self-care, they get the priority. So that would be something that I recommend our mothers to start thinking in the direction. As I said, it doesn't have to be major spa day. It could be just simple things like, you know, drinking your water. And then, so we talked about ECA deposits, priorities, and there's a third one, and that is, I so enjoy it, it's gratitude practice. Can you tell our listeners what that means? Everybody knows what the gratitude is, right? What, what are you grateful for? Gosh, family, my dog, my friends, having a, a roof over my head. Yes, we know what the gratitude is, and a lot of people are aware of it but many times my patients ask me if i know what you know i'm always gra grateful for things that i have why should i write and so i know that you recently started writing your gratitude journal so how did it make a difference for you tell me when you started writing writing instead of just thinking about it right well i did notice a shift so like you said everybody knows what gratitude is but 
I got caught up in this, I have to do this, this is wrong, this, you know, just kind of what I call the squirrel mind. But when I write in my gratitude journal, it slows me down and I see all of the, like this big long list and it, it just helps me kind of take an inventory. It's helped a lot with my happiness overall. Yeah. So gratitude yeah. makes you happy. And I've shared earlier that whenever I'm seeing a patient, I ask them, while I'm writing their prescription, I'm saying, so tell me three things you're most grateful for. And they would say, some people it comes easy. Some people it is harder. And so when they have difficulties, then I say, okay, let's think about what is not wrong in your life. And that helps them sometimes. And then there are some people who have difficulty thinking in terms of the gratitude there's a lot of research going on i've shared a lot of data like you know if you go on my website there's like many many blogs i've written on the gratitude i've even published a, a guided gratitude journal a stress to gra gra guided gratitude journal and we can put the link in the descriptions some of the people have difficulty is that they can't think in in form of gratitude so i change it for them and i say would you like to learn a different technique that doesn't use the word gratitude, but bring the benefits out? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So here, so I call it 3GT and LFT. Have you heard about that? I haven't. No, okay. I'm so yeah. So my friend, Jean Tracy, she's a great friend of mine and her website is kidsdiscuss.com. So I learned a lot of parenting tools from her. So I would encourage mothers who are watching and would like to do the character building in the kids could check out her website called kidsdiscuss.com. But anyways, so she does the simple thing. It's called 3GT and LFT. So 3GT means three good things that happened yesterday, since yesterday. So tell me three things what has happened good for you since yesterday. Let's see, I had an amazing, my, my favorite coffee shop opened back up. So I got coffee <laughs> and they make coffee so much better than I do. So I would say my coffee, I walked my dog and it is absolutely gorgeous today. So I got a little sunshine already this morning. Wonderful. So this were your three GTs and how, tell me three things that, that you are looking forward to. Yeah. So three things I'm looking forward to probably go for another walk. I don't get out much these days, but the walk sounds good and the wonderful weather. I'm gonna go social distance, but see my mother and drop off some flowers tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to that. And I think I'm gonna bake tonight. I was gonna make some brownies, so. Okay, how much time did it take? To come up with those? Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, and six no. words and you're done. So yeah. people will complain that we don't have time for doing a gratitude journal. Just doing this simple thing can put this framework of, you know, positive things and put yourself in a positive mindset. So then you can enjoy and feel happy the rest of the day. And then looking forward to also puts a more positive spin to, to your day. And so there are many different ways of doing gratitude. And I have discussed, I have taught this one and the regular gratitude listing and even advanced gratitude in my guided gratitude journal, because I truly believe that it can help a lot of people. And one funny thing that I would like to share here is that oh, one of my colleagues, when she was practicing the, the mindfulness uh, or, or the gratitude, 
she was telling me how she has a four-year-old when she was practicing gratitude he would come and he would ask you know what are you doing because she's he saw saw her doing it every night and so to explain to him like you know how do you explain a four-year-old how to what are you you know what is gratitude so she said i am writing the things that bring smile on my face oh that's yeah. simple yeah, yeah. and right. so uh, let me kind of share some of the things that so then now they both talk to each other and like you know she says okay what brings smile to your face so i want to share the list of this four year old and you can find it on the blog on dr rosina's website what brings smile on my face is arms to give you snuggles and a mouth to show you my smile and eyes to see my mother's smile ears to hear my sister laugh so insightful like you know we sometimes forget about it then he says toys to play with and tv to watch and music to dance to and the sun that wakes me up the sun oh. that wakes me up that's beautiful we forget we yeah. simple, simple things that we forget then he said i'm happy that my tummy is not hungry because i have this banana such an insightful thing did you know that so many people go without food i i have the figure over here 795 million people in the world do do not have enough food and 41 million people face hunger including 13 million children in us so just having that food is such a blessing and so i want to ask you and people in my audience what brings smile to your face what brings smile to your face so kelly what brings smile to your face gosh you know waking up in the morning and my dog i'm looking at him right now he's a little golden doodle he just sits there right next to my bed and he looks at me and he wags his little tail and that starts my day off with a huge smile some it's, it's simple but wonderful yeah yeah and so that's what i would like like our mothers to practice practice yourself and teach your kids that would bring smile to your face and that would be your self care so today we've gone over three powerful tools in summary we've talked about self care and how mothers can practice self care without feeling guilty it's just letting you guys know that you can access information or what we've talked about today if you like to you can text 38 470 text the word joyful every time i see that i kind of feel this hope that no matter how difficult the circumstances is it would get over something would come out we just need to keep try trying try 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 again until you succeed and on that note i want to say happy mothers day weekend to all the mothers out there just remember that self care is not just the big things it is taking it's an attitude of balancing between self care and other care so you can be the beautiful compassionate powerful influential mothers that you are so thank you stay happy and healthy see you next week